Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web, light novel, and manga review. We are dedicated to bringing our listeners the very special artists and writers that are part of this amazing explosion of creativity, giving us stories to entertain and inspire us. We'd like to welcome today Chad Davis, the author of the original English light novel, The Kimochi Warui Diary. Welcome, Chad. Thank you. I welcomed. <laughs> All right. Um, on on your website, uh, it says this this description of your book comes from uh, uh, an actual reader, and it says this book is a book is as raw as it is funny. There are moments of lev- levity, discomfort, cringiness, and deep insight. I found myself laughing throughout, but I wasn't sure if it was the right emotion for what I what was being described. So. Is that description accurate, in your mind at least? Definitely. That was the one I chose to put on the site. I think that really just hit everything. Um, that's kind of my life story, all those words, especially cringy, and and uh, that's the, the biggest one that stuck out of my mind from there. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty proud to have gotten that reaction. That's kind of everything I was going for, like, a little bit satirical um if you're like you've been a long time anime japan fan you might recognize certain behaviors that my character has but it's also a little bit exaggerated so that sometimes you kind of hate him and then sometimes you root for him um but then sometimes you kind of like just laugh at him and you laugh at yourself and maybe other people who you've seen do the same thing in the otaku you know culture I have seen a lot of cringiness. I go to a lot of conventions, at least back when we used to have conventions. So there's a lot of cringy activity at conventions. But then this guy thinks he's like, he thinks he's like better than the cringy people. That's the the problem with this guy. And he goes, you know, through his Japan, his Japanese classes, he goes to Japan with his brother, who's a total quote, normie, doesn't get anime. Um, But he takes them along anyways and, so this and, is a total uh, a total weeb himself. So he's a total weeb. Yep. But again, he he thinks he's above the weeb. So it's very like self conscious. <laughs> the parts that he should be self conscious about, he doesn't he doesn't see until uh, until like reality meets him. So well, give me an idea of what the the plot is. We understand that this character is awkward uh, to the power of ten, but. What is what is the overall arc of the story? Um, the arc is let's see. Yeah, so young Weeblet decides he's going to go to Japan, and he takes his older brother with him. Um, who again, I said total quote normie. He's like a firefighter back home. Um, has maybe seen like one or two anime, and then this main character is just going to go through like he basically has no plan. He thinks he's he's kind of got the idea that um, like a shonen character that everything's gonna just work out if he like puts his head to it and figures it out and just keeps trying. Um, <laughs> and in doing so, he kind of like burdens his brother. He burdens himself and people around him. People are like looking at him like, "You didn't book a hotel on the first night." Yeah. Like what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, he starts to it all starts to fall apart a little bit, but at the same time. 
same time, he does kind of have to rely on his shonen spirit, but at the same time, it gets him in trouble. So <laughs> there's not really a solid... It's kind of like they just go from place to place. Okay. Throughout the story. And he meets a lot of different people, um, meets a bunch of different girls. He's always just fawning over random Japanese girls that he sees. He doesn't even understand why all the time. And... Um, He's kind of just dealing with himself with his pretentious ideas of why he likes Japan versus just maybe he's just kind of a perv. Maybe he just likes anime stuff. You know, who knows? But, um, yeah. So uh, it's an insight into the idea of a traveling weeb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, so what get what got you started as a writer uh were you always a writer were you always a storyteller is it something you came to later or were you that kid who in elementary school filled out a ream of paper with his uh his fantastic ideas it definitely wasn't me i had i had no confidence in myself as a writer until probably okay i didn't start trying to write until i was in my late teens and then I still didn't have any confidence to be a writer for real until like my 20s. Um, I was just like overthinking so much about the whole thing. Like, um, so I loved like cartoons as a kid and I would just like watch the same cartoons over and over and quote them. And there was a time where I wanted to make cartoons, but I didn't really have the discipline to draw. And then I realized it was more like I just liked the ideas and stories. So I was like, story writing makes more sense maybe. Um, and then I'd written something in high school that a teacher um, really liked and that came as a total shock and it was like finally someone gave me permission to write because I just didn't have any like sense for it I didn't I didn't think I, I could do it and then um, I started to just push through that and then just devoured a lot of like uh, classic literary fiction which probably set the bar really high for myself I felt like I had to be like these classic American writers um and then at the same time, I was kind of getting exposed to anime after Toonami. Like, I watched Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that as a kid, but um, then all of a sudden, when I was older, I came across, like, Death Note and shows like that, and all of a sudden, I realized, like, whoa, this genre is, like, really cool. Like, there's cartoons on here that I've, I'll never see in, in, like, American TV or cartoons anywhere. Like, all that stuff is, like, total viewing hazard while everything and... Japan was just like so much cooler and so much more in touch. And then like, sometimes I'd read some literature that had like almost like slice of life elements. And I'd be like, Oh my God, this is like this anime. <laughs> and like I just kept seeing them hand in hand. And then, uh, it kind of just like converged. And then, um, well, it did... wasn't until recently, like I said, that I was able to finally write something for real though, this book. Cause before that I was just doing so much kind of dabbling just in where you're doing like drive. Were you doing like fanfic web stuff? Um, where where were you cutting your teeth with your stories? I couldn't. I can never get into fan fiction. No disrespect towards people who write fan fiction. Um, like you're telling Brandon, I think that's it's great. It is like a writing prompt. Like it, um, it makes perfect sense. Like you have characters in the setting in front of you, just go at it. But um, I think it was like too much of a puritan for this the author's idea so I couldn't read anything other than the original but so I myself have only written like two that are floating around on fanfiction.net um but they were very much like I kind of selfishly used them just to express myself and try to be like ooh I'm edgy literary postmodern guy using anime characters and um I'm surprised that one of the stories even has a lot of 
favorites and stuff because I thought they were very like kind of self-fulfilling, kind of <laughs> dumb. Um, so then other than that, though, I was just always trying to figure out my own ideas just based on stuff I watched. Basically, the really cool stuff in anime I wanted to recreate and then the really deep stuff from literature I wanted to like also insert. And I was just constantly trying to battle with those, trying to combine that. Well, what's your... Well, what initially inspires you? I mean, yeah, you're writing light novels, but you said you like that heavier classic American literature as well. So where where are you pulling your your creative... What's your creative source? Is it... Well, in my case, sometimes it was Jane Austen or Lucy Maud Montgomery, which talk about Victorian upbringings, but we'll push past that one. Uh, so where did your, where's your, where's your source? Where's your touch tone and touch stone of, uh, writing? Um, let's see. I'd say, well, yeah, I'm going to give you the long answer to this. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. So, so, um, whether it was anime or whether it was books, I was always trying to get other people to read or watch that thing because like I devoured so much stuff during my childhood and my teenage years and stuff that I just wanted to like, that's the only way I knew how to communicate almost. I was like trying to get my brother or my mom or to watch something or to read something just so that I could like, kind of like feel like they get me. And then if they like it, then I could get them. And, um, but that's such a burden to put on people. Like, have you ever tried to make someone watch something and then they're like on their phone during the best part and you're like, I can't blame them because I'm forcing this on them, but I feel so bad because I wanted them to get this. And um, I realized instead that it just made a lot more sense to just write what appealed to me and then to try and like just cast that out there to people. And if they liked it, then it means I could get along with them. Basically, I don't I don't have any friends. I'm trying to get friends by writing. <laughs> <laughs> so the two, the two things, though, that like, the two foundations of that though is again like the split so like i used to read a lot of literature almost like self-help because i would love to just put myself in that character's shoes and figure out how they're going to solve a conflict and then i would like apply that to my life dangerously i did the same thing with anime <laughs> which you know could have disastrous results but then there was also stuff like i would just like like all this pretentious stuff aside i would just watch an anime or something someone did something very heroic or someone just sacrifice themselves in a certain way and it just made me be like oh my god this is so like this is so awe-inspiring like <laughs> like this is corny but i'm almost tearing up or like uh it's or maybe just like it's okay to cry an idea in an anime that what's that it's okay to cry in anime it is <laughs> oh my god i think it was like rosin maiden or something it was one of the first anime i cried at and i was like i can't believe anime did this to me <laughs> um they never made a third season of that did they i don't know but um yeah, where was I going with this? So basically those two those two elements, I just really want to recreate that. And then I figured that like, that's kind of the reason that I read and watch. So I wanted to recreate that for others. And then um, if I do it true to myself in a certain way, then it's kind of like I'm putting myself out there for people and people who respond positively. It's like I'm making like a genuine connection. So I guess kind of like I want to communicate I don't want to just do like flashy cool action scenes or something like I want people to like to 
come back. Like this is what with with Kimochi Warui people would a couple of people had messaged me and told me like, Hey, I totally get these awkward feelings and so it was good to see someone else talk about it. Um that kind of stuff. And so that, that makes me feel like I did a I did a good job there. Okay. Hey, um we all have to write uh, well, they always say write what you know, but that isn't always the case because you can learn a lot about something as you're writing it. But I have found mm-hmm. that writing is such a difficult task for so many of us, even though we love it. We have to. You have to write about something you love. It's not enough to love writing. You've got to love what you're writing about. Because if you if you can't get emotionally invested in your characters, if you can't get emotionally invested in the setting, it's nearly impossible to stick with it in the length of time that it takes to write a novel unless you're Brandon and you can basically do that. What every three weeks, write a new novel. Yeah. He's a, he's a madman. So do you ever feel, I, I, I like asking this of writers. Do you feel like you've ever written yourself into a corner and had to find a way to, uh, write yourself out? I mean, do you ever, I mean, Sometimes we do that. We write the plot to a dead end or in a place where, oh, God, how are we going to change this? And then we have to figure a new way out. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's like uh, the entire point, uh, the the entire thing of what's happening right now is my current story, but like in a good way. Um, So like uh, Kimochi Warui is kind of more like um, inspired by real events, let's just say. But it's fiction. Don't, don't get confused, you guys. Mm-hmm. But um, this new one is like straight up just like I'm just pulling stuff. I just took a lot of ideas I thought were cool and I've always like have always resonated with me in a very deep way. And I was like, I'm going to put all these things in my story. Because I started with something like you were saying, like I wasn't into it 100% like in the outline that made sense. It was like this, this is a story, but it didn't feel like a good one to me. But then it wasn't until I started putting in all this ridiculous stuff that I was like, oh, this is actually, this is insane. This is really fun. This is cool. Um, and then trying now to make all that stuff work with each other. Um, like the last month, I was trying to like unravel all those those strings and just get everything to like work. Like I keep thinking of it like, uh, imagine you have the round hole, the square peg, <laughs> and you're trying to just jam that peg in there and you got to just whittle that peg until it fits. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And it, it, yeah, in the beginning, it definitely felt like I had just given myself all these corners that I had to get myself out of. And, um, but that fear though, is probably why I don't write traditionally like long running or series type stuff. Like I don't think I could have the confidence to write volume one without knowing, um, what's going to be in volume two or three. So you like the way like a weekly, like a weekly manga author can do. I'm like, that idea scares me. So you're, you're not much, uh, you're very much a outline writer where you have the plot pretty much set from the beginning. Not entirely. That's, it's way too stifling to do that too. But, but definitely I do need like goalposts and how my characters get there is like up to them. And, um, Sometimes they figure out ways to get there that I'm writing it and I'm like, oh my God, I would have never thought of this. This is, this is awesome. Um, Aren't those the best moments? Somewhere. Like, what's up? Aren't those the best moments though when the character 
all of a sudden oh, yes. is just comes alive and solves the problem you know in a completely unique and different way than what you were originally thinking yeah or it gets them into more trouble and they end up somewhere else and then all of a sudden there's just more depth and there's more going on and I like that too because I because I've realized that if I try to write straight to the next build post, like it's just they're just going through the motions and there's nothing to it. There's nothing like cool or emotional or compelling about it. It's just people doing stuff. Are you a multi-draft kind of writer, or is is it ever? It are you ever comfortable with your first or second draft, or do you have to rewrite it again and again? And do you like do a full rewrite, or do you uh, just read through it and make notes and then do some changes? Yeah, I will do as many drafts as I have to. Um, so this is funny. I've been posting Twitter updates of how many words I do when I write. Yeah. And I've been doing like 2,000 to 8,000 words a day. And people were like, whoa, that's really good. And, um, but they don't really realize that I basically just crap all over the page every time I go to the computer. <laughs> like I write like the I write some god awful ugly drafts, and um, like sometimes it's just writing out things, just you know characters doing the motions, and then other times I'm like I'm like overstating a small scene with a ton of words because I just need to make sure I get all the possible iterations of it out there. So like I'll just make like this horrible awful draft. But as long as it follows the semblance of my outline, then I'm like good. And then I'll just do as many drafts as I have to. And I'll start from the beginning and just start rewriting it all. And then if things have to change, I might have to change some stuff. But then I'll just do that multiple times until I finally have one that I'm like, where it feels like every word counts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I started writing back in my, my first typewriter was a the one the first one that I owned, first one I wrote an entire novel on, uh, was a nineteen twenty three Underwood. And so when you would have to do an when you did a new draft, there was no insert. There was no delete. I would have a stack of, you know, a hundred pages, which I thought was impressive at the time when I was typing. Hundred pages on my left hand side and I'd read it and I'd be typing along and then I'd be like, Oh, but I can add this here and then I'm typing the new scene you know it's yeah now fortunately we do have word processors <laughs> because that was the that was definitely the long way i the, feel like it's beneficial to write like that a little bit but then yeah like i don't know there's certain there are certain paragraphs where it's too tempting i'm like nope gotta go back and change this so the idea of not being able to go back is it's pretty pretty crazy to me or constantly misspelling something and then not realizing it until you've done you're done and mm-hmm. at least, hey, spell check is the greatest invention for me. So especially with some of the things I write where the names are unique and then I can go back and change all the names at the same time so they fit. All right. So mm-hmm. what's your favorite kind of scene? Uh, are are you a, I mean, do you live in the awkward moments? Do you like the, I don't know, do you like, trying to write romance scenes or are you an action guy how do you what scenes do you think you're strongest at yeah i didn't think i had an answer to this until you said you live in the awkward moments that's probably there's probably truth to that um more so i like the ones that are like 
where the body language is very much con um, conveying what's going on in the scene or like the way the dialogue is written, like all these little details and how the communication is done between people and like what it says. So it, you know, it might be kind of ironic in that like what they're saying is one thing, but how it's written is actually giving you another meaning. <laughs> and maybe one character doesn't, doesn't realize that things aren't going well and the other character thinks that things are going great or something. So, um, so yeah, maybe like those very personal kind of scenes. And, um, I binge a lot of like etchy rom-com manga, but like I have not, I've yet to like try my hand at romance. Just thinking about that because you asked, but yeah, Hey, it, and I can't even, I, this is a hard question because I, I don't know if I can necessarily even answer it myself because, you know, it's, I know my weak spot is action. I'm terrible. If you asked me to write fight scene, it would be a disaster. I think I'm better with dialogue, but too yeah, much dialogue is I, kind of I boring. Relate to. Yeah, there's a great author who does a modern author her name's gail Carriger. um she writes these uh victorian era steampunk stories and her characters are so fun to read the way they talk they're funny um it's kind of reminds me of a cross i don't know feels a little bit like uh oscar wilde at times the way the the comments and comedies can be about the simplest and most mundane things. It's like reading the importance of being earnest and, uh, but with a steampunk fantasy vampire werewolf bisexual tilt. Yeah. She packs a lot. She packs a lot into her books, but she's, yeah. she's really, really funny. Um, so what, uh, what authors do you admire? Who, who, who would you, who would you model yourself after if you could be like, yeah, that's the kind of author I want to be? Um, that's funny. I feel like when I was younger, like I thought of this all the time, like I'd read all these great literature people and be like, oh, I'm this guy because I write really long sentences. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm a little more humble. Um, so I guess I'm the anime manga light on the side. I gotta go with Hirohiko, with JoJo's. Um, just the way that in JoJo they can totally like do style over substance, and he kind of breaks a lot of storytelling rules and makes you enjoy it anyways. I think that's super powerful. I love like just turning people's expectations on their head. Like everyone's first perception of JoJo is like this looks weird. I don't like this, and then they start reading it, and all of a sudden they love it. And um, some of his characters are, like, flat and boring and cardboard, and they're still, like, super memorable to me. And um, his book, the manga and theory and practice, he's got, like, some storytelling rules in there. And I used those for um, Kimochi Warui because it was, like, I had all these events, and they were kind of just thrown in, but it didn't, it didn't read as a compelling story. And so some of his recommendations in the book for how to like reorganize those scenes, um, I think really made the difference because I've had people tell me that it's a page turner. I don't know if they're just being nice, but the, people tell me it's a page turner. An event I, I, is not that's true, a plot. I attribute it to him. An event is not a What's plot. I, I've heard this from other uh, 
writers much better than me. They're like, an event is not a plot. You can have a thing. You need characters to, to drive a story. I always thought that was an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, that's something I've learned um, the hard way, too, because I used to get so many ideas from, like, video games, um, like something like Dark Souls, where the story is all implicit, and it's all in the setting and the items and things like that, and the character is just you. It's just it's just the player. Um, so if you get ideas inspired by something like that and you don't have any character, then what do you have? You just have, like, a world. You might have, like, world building. And then you can just sit there as long as you want thinking about how cool this world is. But if you don't have any characters to experience it, then it's like nothing. So, um, yeah, for a long time, I would always start with the ideas first instead of the characters first. And then that always, like, um, I I don't think I ever, like, really finished anything where I only thought of the setting. Because it just, I don't know why I was so afraid of just writing characters for the longest time. But, yeah, it's so true that you really got to start with the characters. (laughs) Oh, we talked a little bit about... uh light novel series i i recommend even though it's very short light novel series with only two volumes sexiled uh i was kicked out of my party by my sexist Mm -hmm. leader and it's on my kindle samples read it it is it is spectacular uh it it really is funny i i've read it uh i blew through the first volume um, working on the second one, it is. It really is worth a read. It, it it turns the entire genre on its head, and makes you think a little bit. Oh, is this why women are wearing such skimpy outfits? Mm. It may not be for a practical reason after all. <laughs> uh, so, um, well, what uh, what would you say your favorite anime is? Lately, yeah, I think lately it'd have to be Devil Man, the classic. Both no, both the Netflix and the classic. I watched the Netflix one first, and then I watched. I read the manga, and um, I love both of them because after watching anime for a few years, it became clear to me watching Devil Man like how much of that inspired so many anime today. Um, and, you know, maybe some of these ideas existed in other mediums before manga and stuff, but like Devilman's the earliest one that I've seen where the story starts as a monster of the week type of format and then derails into this like this story where everything just goes off the freaking rails and it's just everything's like epic all of a sudden and then it ends with like the universe ending. And um, you see that stuff in like Evangelion and um, what was it? I Am a Hero, that zombie manga. Yeah. There's, a, there's, I don't know, there's, there's countless examples. It's such like um, trope in Japanese, like even like Bloodborne, the video game. I love that one too. Um, just how it starts as this Bram Stoker, Stoker, Stoker. I always get it wrong. Starts as vampires and werewolves, and then it becomes Lovecraft all of a sudden. <laughs> and um, I've always loved that idea hey. so much. And, and seeing these ideas in Devil Man, I'm like, oh my god, this all makes sense. This is like the key to all this anime and manga I've, I've experienced. The um. That that happens actually with Rosario Vampire. Uh, if you read the manga, if you read the manga, which the first part is much like the first part of the mangas are very much like the TV show, like the anime, very slice of life, monster of the oh, week. But on. the second half I of Ros- Rosario Vampire 
it becomes epic. This, it oh, j- they had the great ending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ending theme was the, the, the dancing and stuff. Yes. Sorry. But after after the anime uh, ends, where the manga picks up, it then becomes this amazingly epic story. It really does. It's just absolutely spectacular. The it's uh, happening with the Attack on Titan too right now. Yeah. Not to give any spoilers, but it's but well, after the anime where the anime left off, it goes off. It goes insane. I can't wait for the next season of Attack on Titan. It took me a long time to get into it. Uh, Attack mm-hmm. on Titan, because yeah. I was, uh, what it, to me it was just violent. It was just violence. That's all the a lot of the first season was was violence, and then it started to evolve into a very character driven story, and uh, that's when it started to become interesting. Yeah, I agree that I didn't. I, I guess I didn't see it for that, but. Definitely, I remember in the beginning thinking, like, I don't get what the excitement is. I don't get entirely what this... Like, I think the opening scene is, like, they, the the scouting team comes back all grim and gaunt-looking, and then they, they present, like, a hand from one of the members of the, the, the scouting team, and then yeah. there's, like, the wife of the guy. So she's crying, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Come yeah. on. It, it, it was a little... <laughs> it's a little dark. Just a little dark. It was like a little too dark, too fast for me to like take it too seriously, and then um, and then it started to pick up. Yeah, it started yeah. to get a lot better. Hey, and then it, now it's like whoa! It did Modica episode three on us. I mean, it started there. Yeah, <laughs> it started at episode three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I want to is before we go. Is there anything you want to uh, preview? Anything you're working on now that? is close to completion that you want to share or uh anything you want to pitch um if you don't that's okay if you're not ready that that's perfectly fine i do it's just yeah yeah i'm i'm always wary about that because i don't like to talk too much because then if i get validation i'm like i feel great why do i need to write anything (laughs) (laughs) i keep all my ideas to myself but i'm starting to get to the point where i'm like almost finished with the first volume. Well, this was like one big story. I guess I'll just talk about it in broad terms. So it was one big story. And then as I was writing it, I realized that there was like natural parts that kind of branch off. And so now it's going to be three volume story. And the first two volumes are going to release at the same time. And then the third will come after. Um, so, well, so then what else can I say? So it's very like the settings is like the, the suburbs. It's very normal setting, but it's, but there's like, like we were talking about, like um, the double man kind of phenomenon. There's much more going on in the background. And I'm okay. trying to put a lot of ideas that are like not quite sci-fi, not quite fantasy, kind of more paranormal. Um, and I'm kind of just trying to make my own rules for this world. And the characters have to, to abide by it if they want to, survive and figure out what's going on and uh, there's a lot of there's a good amount of characters that are kind of interacting with each other in this closed space so okay. to speak um, and yeah I don't know it's well, probably the most I could say right now okay well uh, thank you for giving us that much uh, if you're more if you're interested in hearing more from Chad uh, look for him on Twitter and actual Chad at an actual chat on Twitter. 
and as I say at the end of each of these shows, uh, I really think it's exciting that creators have these outlets now to share their stories with us. Uh, it used to be very, very difficult to get your work out there and independent creators have come a long way having the ability to put their work out there and as a Chad says, for validation, or for many of us, it's just we want someone to li someone to listen to us. And I really appreciate the way the world it works right now, and that it has uh, lifted some of the barriers to entry for many writers and other creators. If you like what you've heard here today, and you've checked out some of our past ones, please subscribe to WLNM. Uh, where we hope to continue to highlight the best the independent creators have to offer. So thank you, and keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.